Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. She was literally being eaten alive. Nature's deadliest organisms. My fiance is clearly dying. They can hijack our bodies. What this creature can do is truly shocking. Disable our immune systems. I'm losing my mind. And eat us from within. You just gotta hope God's gonna save her. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Dottie Davis lives in the rural community of Hickson, Tennessee. She and her husband, Bob, run a horse farm. They have five children. The only one still living at home is their youngest, Chance, who got her name for a special reason. It was our last chance for our girl together. So she's kind of got her daddy wrapped around her finger and me too, for the most part. You know how that goes. <laughs> Dottie has always encouraged Chance to follow in the family tradition. When Chance was young, we bought her a pony. I knew what horses did for me when I was younger, and so I wanted her to be able to experience that too. And she started riding, and she loved it. And as well as excelling in the equestrian arena, Chance is doing well at school. She's always a good student, was just always a very loving, and uh, never had any problems with her at all. But something unexpected could throw this teenager's life off course. It's a Friday during the spring break of Chance's freshman year. Bob and Dottie are traveling out of state to purchase a new horse. So Chance is spending the night at her friend Neely Davis's house. Chance is my best friend of all time. You know, we always played sports together. We did track, soccer, volleyball, and in middle school, we just hung out all the time. But this time, something's different. She had been kind of antsy, nervous, not very chill at all. Not like her normal self. Chance calls her parents, but is unable to reach them. 
she was like, I just need to call them. I need to get a hold of them. We were both very independent people, so it was strange seeing her cry out for her parents like that. On their way home, Donnie gets a voicemail from Chance. She was kind of frantic. Mom and Dad, where are y'all? That was very unusual because she knew where we were going and was fine with it when we left. Dottie and Bob traveled to Neely's house to get their daughter. I thought, well, the girls have have stayed up all night long, and she's just overreacting. Because that's really the only time we ever saw Chance kind of be emotional is when she would stay up and not get her sleep. Dottie takes Chance home, and a good night's rest seems to do her good. The following morning, Chance is at the stable preparing to ride the new horse. She saddles and bridles him. And I notice she's crying. And I asked her, I said, what, what's wrong, you know, what's going on? And she says, oh, I just love this horse. This is just the best horse I've ever had, ever. I'm just happy. Her not being an emotional child like that, it really threw me off. I was like, what? Chance takes the new horse out for a ride. But 30 minutes later, Dottie finds her asleep by the stables. I thought that was strange because she never does that. I thought maybe she's catching something and she's just more tired than normal. When Monday morning rolls around, Dottie tries to get Chance ready for her return to school. She goes, oh, you know, I don't feel good. I don't want to get up. And at this point, it's been days of her just being tired and everything. And I was kind of being the parent that pushes your child that you have to go to school. You've been staying up. Now you're going to have to get used to getting up early in the morning again. And I went in there about four times and told her she had to get up. And she'd sit up for a minute, and I'd say, go get dressed. And she'd lay down. Finally, I go, well, fine. If you can't get up and go to school, then we're just going to take you to the doctor. Dottie and Bob drive Chance to the doctor's office. We tell her the bizarre behavior, how she's not been sleeping, emotional more than normal. The doctor then asks Dottie and Bob to leave the room so that she can talk to Chance alone. The doctor comes outside and tells me that there's something wrong. Chance has short-term memory loss. They want her to go immediately to the hospital. She seemed very alarmed. We didn't know what was going on, but I'm really, really starting to get really, really worried. Dottie and Bob rush Chance to the hospital where the medical team performs a spinal tap. And the results yield an important clue. They did find white blood cells on the spine, which shows some sort of infection. That's the first time we heard something about encephalitis. Encephalitis is a swelling of the brain. It is typically caused by viruses, bacteria, or even parasites. I was very frightened at this point. They start giving her steroids, but there was no answer of when it would get better. For three days, Chance undergoes intensive treatment. When Neely visits, she's taken aback by her friend's condition. She didn't know who I was. It was just crazy to me that she couldn't remember me. It was really rough because Chance didn't know what was happening to her. Whereas, you know, I'm witnessing what's happening to her and I can see that she's scared and, you know, I couldn't help her. With Chance deteriorating rapidly, Dottie and Bob remain by their daughter's side. Then, four days later, Dottie witnesses something shocking. 
She starts creeping out of the bed on all fours. And she crawled backwards to the bathroom like a spider. Scared me, scared me really. I mean, that was terrible. We know what's going on is not normal, and it's just it's starting to escalate and get worse. Two weeks into Chance's hospital stay, Dottie tries to awaken her daughter for breakfast in the morning, but she finds she can't. We couldn't get her to wake up. I was pretty frantic. You know, I, I felt like they were losing her. I really did. I felt like we were losing her. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In a matter of days, Chance Davis has gone from being a healthy teenager to a comatose hospital patient. They have to put a feeding tube in her. She starts at night gagging, like it's like she can't breathe. With her daughter's health declining, Dottie becomes frustrated with the hospital staff. We don't feel like they're doing enough. We don't feel like they're giving us answers. We had to do something. So Dottie reaches out to neurologist Dr. David Rankin for a second opinion. Right away, he notices something odd with her eyes. Normally when you're looking at a patient's eyes when you open them, they're normally rolled back. And in her situation, her eyes were dancing. The eye movement could suggest seizure activity. Seizures occur as a result of abnormal electrical impulses in the brain. They can cause sudden mood swings, blackouts, and uncontrollable body movements. I was concerned that 
she was one very sick young lady. Dr. Rankin probes deeper into Chance's case. We had a CAT scan performed that evening. And the results reveal something unusual. Not in her brain, but in her reproductive system. Her ovaries had an appearance of a cyst. A cyst is a cluster of cells that have grouped together to form a sac. They are common in women's reproductive organs and are typically benign. But Chance's growth seems different. Normally, 13-year-old girls don't have ovarian masses or cysts. To find out more, doctors rush Chance into surgery to remove the cyst and perform a biopsy. When they cut it open, they saw actual hair inside this cyst. And that's when we found out that it was definitely a dermoid teratoma. A dermoid teratoma is an unusual growth made of cells from other parts of the body. The teratoma that was growing in Chance's ovaries was composed partially of brain tissue. Her immune system responded by sending out white blood cells to attack the teratoma. But the white blood cells didn't just strike the brain cells in the teratoma, they also attacked her brain itself. This is what led to her erratic mood swings, bizarre behavior, and encephalitis. I had never heard of a teratoma tumor. You can't believe that it can cause all this or do all this. Teratoma comes from the Greek word for monster. Because they're composed of tissue from other organs, teratomas can grow hair, teeth, and even eyes. But the ones that contain brain cells wreak the most havoc because they can lead to encephalitis, and that can be fatal. The deepest fear was that she would remain the way she was or die. That was the biggest fear. You just gotta hope that, uh, you know, God's gonna come through and he's gonna listen and he's gonna save her. Although the teratoma has been removed, Chance isn't in the clear because her own white blood cells are still attacking her brain. So Dr. Rankin administers a blood cleansing treatment to flush out the rogue white blood cells. For two weeks, Dottie and her husband keep vigil at the bedside of their comatose daughter. We were hoping that the next day she'd wake up and everything would be fine. Well, the next day comes along and she's still the same. Nothing really changes. You know, you're just grasping because you don't care as long as she comes back to you in some way or form. Dottie desperately searches for signs of life. She had gotten this little ball that you squeeze so I put it underneath her hand, and I said, Chance, I said, if you can hear me, I want you to squeeze that ball. And so she took her little fingers and, and wrapped that ball. So that was a turning point. And I knew right then, she was coming out of it. After five weeks in the hospital, Chance Davis at long last emerges from her coma. I wouldn't be here without my parents supporting me and, like, being with me every day in the hospital. So it means a lot. But how did she get this teratoma? What causes teratomas to form isn't completely understood. But scientists believe that the formation of ovarian teratomas in teenage girls might be connected to hormonal changes that occur during puberty. Against the odds, Chance has no apparent brain damage. But her run-in with the teratoma has changed her life. I'm in nursing school. I want to be able to help people, but also be there for them. 
I keep telling her, I said, well, God saved you because you're gonna do something great. What the hell happened? I must be dying. Lois Domang lives in the small town of Chauvin, Louisiana. I was born and raised on the bayou. I have five children. We have 15 grandchildren. And we have 20 greats. My family means the world to me. Lois is particularly close with her daughter, Eileen, who lives just across the street. My mom... She is the backbone of the family. There's no one like mom, and she takes care of everybody. And there's one thing that holds their family together more than anything else. I love my mom's food. Can't you tell? <laughs> we grew up eating crab stew, shrimp stew, any kind of stew. We ate it. Seafood has been our livelihood. Crabbing, shrimping, fishing has been in our blood for the last four generations. I have a lot of pride in making food for my family. That's the only way you're gonna make it taste good. You gotta put a lot of TLC in there. And without it, it doesn't work. But the ties that bind them may come back to bite them. It's August and Lois is retiring for the evening after a big family dinner. I was laying in bed and all of a sudden I felt a wave of chills going through my body. I wasn't sure what was wrong. I thought the air condition was on too high, and maybe that's what it was. But I didn't pay no mind to it. I just went back to sleep. But a couple of hours later, something else stirs Lois from her slumber. I woke up, and I realized that my right hand was numb, that it had gotten a little swollen. I thought I might have slept on my hand, so I put the hand under the pillow, and I went back to sleep. The next morning, Lois is woken by a familiar sound. The phone started ringing, and it was about 9 o'clock. But I just felt like I was drunk, like I was heavily drugged, like I had taken a sedative of some sort. And I did not care to answer that phone, to get out of my bed or nothing. Lois is still in bed when her daughter Eileen makes her daily house call. I walked across the street to my mom's house, and she was telling me how she didn't feel well and that her wrist was hurting her, and it was somewhat slightly swollen and reddish. So Eileen takes charge and moves in for a closer look. I turned her arm over, and she had like eight streaks, red streaks, going up her arm. They were big. They were long, and they were traveling. And when I saw this, I totally freaked out. I said, Mom, uh, you need to get dressed. Something's, Something's not right. Eileen immediately takes her mother to the ER. There, the pain in Lois's hand escalates. Mom said, my hand, it's so tight. It hurts. It just hurts so bad. The on-call doctor examines her. When the doctor walked in the room, she looked at Mom's hand and told us that she thought it might be cellulitis. Cellulitis is an infection that causes the skin to swell and redden. When caught early, it's easily treatable. They were going to start her on a certain antibiotic to see if it would help. Doctors also take a blood sample from Lois to confirm their suspicions. But the blood results came back and the doctors found that she did not have cellulitis. So doctors try a new antibiotic to control the mysterious infection. 
and within hours, Eileen sees an improvement in her mother. She seemed to be doing okay, and it was quite a relief for the family. I was daisy, but I wasn't hurting. I didn't feel like I was sick. I leaned over and I kissed her and told her that I loved her and then left her to rest for the rest of the night. Eileen goes home believing all is well. The next morning, she returns to the hospital. When I got to mom's room, I looked in her arms and it had bright, dark red blisters, some the size of half dollars all over her arm. And I was like, what the hell happened? Infectious disease expert Dr. Mary Eshte is brought in to review her case. These large blisters were opening up on the sides and dripping a clear fluid. We knew something was infecting Miss Lois, but we did not know what it was. So Dr. Eshte conducts more blood tests, but the results will take two days to come back. The worst thing that someone can face is not knowing. And that's how myself and my family felt. While they wait for the lab work, doctors observe something else highly disconcerting. Her blood pressure was low, very low. Low blood pressure occurs when the flow of blood to the vital organs is inadequate. In extreme cases, it can lead to a stroke, cardiac arrest, or septic shock. The rapid spread of the blisters on her arm and the development of low blood pressure were all indicative of a very serious infection. I was very worried that I was losing my mom. So Dr. Eshte puts Lois on a drug to stabilize her blood pressure. They cocked her bed down like this, and this is her head, and her feet were in the air. And they told us that this should help regulate her blood pressure. But while doctors tackle this problem, Lois's infection is still running rampant. We knew that rapid action was needed. To stop it from spreading further, doctors may have to take extreme measures. She was probably looking at a possible amputation of her arm. It's her right arm. Mom's a cook. Take her right arm and you take her life away. Overwhelmed, the family turns to their faith for help. I remember my pastor coming to pray with me. It was a Sunday morning. I remembered that he needed to be behind the pulpit, not praying with me at the hospital. And I say, well, you know, I must be dying. I told the Lord his will be done, but I wasn't ready yet. Finally, Dr. Eshte receives the results of Lois's blood work, and it leads her to a stunning diagnosis. The final cultures did come back, showing that Lois had Vibrio vulnificus in her blood. Vibrio vulnificus is a flesh-eating bacteria. We were shocked. I think at this point, everybody started crying. Inside Lois's body, the Vibrio bacteria colonize her arms, releasing toxins that cause the tissue to decay. The bacteria multiply at an alarming rate, polluting her entire bloodstream, leading to Lois's bizarre skin swelling, blisters, and low blood pressure. Ultimately, the infection can lead to organ failure and death. I was afraid we were going to bury my mom. What makes the Vibrio vulnificus bacteria so deadly 
is that they're able to evade the body's immune system, hiding themselves from the white blood cells sent out to stop them. As a result, surgery is sometimes the only course of action. But that is one of the better case scenarios, as 50% of those infected with Vibrio vulnificus will die. Mom's arm was literally being eaten alive by this Vibrio. It was spreading fast, and if they didn't act fast, then we were gonna lose her. To save her life, doctors rush her into surgery to cut out the infection in her arm. But as the procedure begins, they make an alarming discovery. The surgeons encounter dead tissue, and dead tissue does not survive. For two hours, doctors continue to cut out the dead flesh. After the operation, they wheel her into ICU and discuss Lois's prospects with the family. The doctors told us that mom had survived the surgery and that they had gotten a good hand on the infection. And she didn't have to have that arm amputated. Best news ever. When Lois wakes up, she's got one burning question. I was wondering how did I come across that infection? What had caused that? The Vibrio vulnificus bacteria typically live in warm, brackish or salty water. In the U.S., they're most prevalent in the Gulf Coast states, including Texas, Florida, and Louisiana. People typically become infected with Vibrio vulnificus by eating raw shellfish or seafood or by coming into contact with contaminated water, where the bacteria enter the body through an open wound. And Lois realizes exactly how she got it. The day that I come up with the chills was the day that I had cleaned crabs to make a stew. I took each crab by hand and washed them, and one of the crabs pricked my finger. Doctors believe that the Vibrio bacteria entered her body through the scrape on her finger leading to this flesh-eating condition. With the mystery solved, Lois can focus on other pressing matters. First thing she wanted to, to do was eat. Coincidentally, the hospital staff have the perfect dinner in store. It was a seafood gumbo with a crab cloth. And I says, you got to be kidding. But I ate that cloth. After an additional surgery and two weeks in recovery, the Vibrio infection completely clears and Lois finally leaves the hospital. Today, Lois has made a good recovery, but she still has a constant reminder of her ordeal. I have two very large scars on my arm from the surgeries that I've had to have. I do have some strange feelings with my arm and hands sometimes, but I have my arm and I have my life, so what else can I need? Vibrio vulnificus bacteria are most common in the Gulf states, but have been found in marine environments in other parts of the United States as well. A recent study showed that the chances of surviving an infection with this bacteria are less than 50%. According to the CDC, to minimize the chances of contracting Vibrio vulnificus, anyone with a compromised immune system should avoid eating raw seafood or shellfish. It's also a good idea to keep open wounds away from warm brackish or salt water. Rita Maldonado and John Binger are a young and athletic couple living in the rugged city of Moab, Utah. Rita is a military veteran of the Afghan war, and John is a river guide. 
Both share a love of sports and the great outdoors. We want to be free and open and under the stars. We climb, we boulder, we run together, we bike together. She can run 20 miles without stopping once to take a breath or anything. She was just incredible, a force to be reckoned with. In 2012, Rita's sense of adventure led her to compete in a reality TV series. I went to Fiji to participate in a race to go find $100,000 that they dropped somewhere in the Fijian jungle. My first initial thought of that was, you will definitely win. You're a beast. There's nothing that can stop you. Rita places as runner-up in the survival competition. But as she's about to discover, the fight to stay alive may have only just begun. It's mid-fall, and Rita is flying back from filming in Fiji. She lands in Los Angeles, where John picks her up, and together they head off on a camping trip. I was very excited. But... I felt agitated, I felt clammy, I felt hot, and that was making me irritated. I didn't really think too much of it at first. I just assumed, you know, she's exhausted and, and worn down and she just needs hydration, food, and rest. Despite Rita's condition, they both decide to carry on with their trip. Rita hopes she can sleep off the malady, but she finds she can't. It felt like somebody was pinching me all over my body, but on the inside. So when I grabbed the spot, it didn't do anything to solve the pain, but there was no external sign that there was anything wrong. I tried just rubbing cortisone on her in really thick amounts, and, and it helped for maybe two to three minutes, and then she would just be screaming out in pain again. I felt terrible for her. The following morning, things seemed to improve. We got to the campsite, uh, and I was feeling better. Then we ate food, and I laid flat on the picnic table and fell asleep like Rip Man Winkle. Man, gone. I just thought, you know, she's not itching anymore, so whatever was bothering her is clearly gone, and now she's just exhausted from it all. Rita sleeps for most of the day and fully through the night. But the next morning, a new symptom strikes. My foot felt like I had stuck my toe into an electric socket, but couldn't move it away. It would move up and down my leg. I said, I need to go to the emergency room. Something's wrong. So they head to the nearest hospital. There, on-call doctors examine her leg and take her medical history. I have an old injury from an IED that I hit in Afghanistan. My back got all messed up. And they immediately said, yeah, definitely, that's what the problem is. ER doctors prescribed Rita muscle relaxers for the condition and sent her home. I felt like, okay, cool, I'll take this medication and hopefully it'll start getting better tomorrow afternoon. But the next day, worsening symptoms dash Rita's high hopes. My temperature was spiking. I felt hot, I felt weak. I couldn't get out of bed. The pain was still there in the left leg, but it was like all the way up and down into my back on both legs. It really was just flooring. And even simple functions become impossible. I needed to use the bathroom. But I was spending hours 
flexing to try to get something to come out of my body, urine or feces, screaming because I'm in pain. And nothing. We've been trying anything you can buy over the counter to help her use the restroom. Nothing is happening. I said, I need to go to the emergency room. It's getting worse and I can't walk. John takes Rita back to the ER, where the on-call doctors order an MRI scan of her abdomen. And the results are shocking. The organs were like up in the corners and like pushed out to the sides of the frame. She has fecal matter backed up into about 70% of her torso. And they believe that that's why your sciatic hurts so bad. To relieve the pressure, doctors successfully perform two enemas on Rita and discharge her. But at home, a new and frightening symptom occurs. I was hallucinating. When I walked into the bathroom, I looked into the toilet and Captain America, he's there in the toilet looking at me. And I'm realizing I'm seeing things. She's completely mentally incoherent. At that point, you know, I'm, I'm scared, very scared. John drives the quickly fading Rita to the ER yet again. I was in excruciating pain, like just scared out of my mind. But doctors aren't taking her symptoms seriously. They said she was dehydrated. And John reaches his breaking point. At this rate, I was becoming skeptical of... seemed like the doctors were like, please go home. <laughs> Refusing to give up, John takes her to yet another hospital where internist Dr. David Earl Perry examines Rita. Just looking at her, you could tell that this woman was very sick. Immediately, Dr. Perry makes a startling announcement. He's saying, this girl is on the edge of death. We need to do something right now. My concern at that time with the fevers, with her headaches, the confusion was definitely for meningitis. Meningitis is a dangerous swelling of the membranes surrounding the brain. In extreme cases, it can be fatal. Her body was being attacked and shutting down. They felt that they could lose her pretty much either any minute or any day. Dr. Perry performs a spinal tap and sends the sample to the lab. But there's a problem the results wouldn't be available for one to two weeks. By which time, it could be too late. So Dr. Perry questions John on Rita's medical history. John mentioned to me that she had recently been on a trip to Fiji. So the travel history definitely led us down a different uh, diagnostic course. Rita's presentation was consistent with a diagnosis of rat lungworm. Also known as Angiostrongylus cantonensis, rat lungworm is a parasite that attacks the central nervous system. Inside Rita's body, the worms latch on to the nerves of the spinal cord and brain. The parasites feed on fluids inside her spinal column and brain, sending her nervous system haywire leading to Rita's severe leg pain, intestinal dysfunction, and meningitis. 
she was at risk for permanent brain damage. <sighs> Rat lungworm is incredibly rare. In fact, fewer than 3,000 cases have ever been reported worldwide. On the one hand, that's good. But this makes it particularly tricky for doctors to diagnose the condition correctly. Scientists have yet to figure out the best way of treating the disease. But the worst thing about a rat lungworm infection is that even with treatment, the infection can be fatal. For 36 hours, Rita fights for her life. I just remember hearing the fan blowing in the room and just hearing her really shallow and faint breath and just wondering if she was going to, you know, wake back up. <sighs> you know, my, my fiancé is clearly dying. Despite treatment, she remains unresponsive until her partner John notices a significant change. She's starting to say stuff. And, and it makes sense. It's showing she's aware. Against the odds, Rita survives the horrific rat lungworm infection. I kind of woke up and I felt pretty present. I felt more present than I had felt in weeks. <laughs> I was very excited, uh, you know, recognizing that we, we stand a chance. But how did Rita contract the parasite? The life cycle of a rat lungworm typically starts in the intestines of a small rodent, such as a rat. The parasite's eggs are passed out in the rat's feces. When a snail or slug ingests the eggs, the eggs hatch. When a rat eats an infected snail or slug, the parasites then reproduce in the rat's gut, completing their life cycle. Humans can become unwitting hosts by ingesting an infected snail or slug. And Rita recalls the moment she was exposed. I went on the show in the jungle of Fiji. It was a slug. It was like this big. It was on a rock. I popped it. They came right in my face with the camera. Hold it, hold it. Set it up all perfectly, and then I ate it. Rita says she ate the slug of her own free will, and for a simple reason. I was hungry. Rita remains in the hospital for six weeks and undergoes intensive physical therapy. Today, Rita is parasite-free and incredibly has no lasting brain damage. But she still suffers extensive nerve pain. However, it hasn't stopped her love of life. After getting out of the hospital, I taught my first Zoomer class. Oh, I'm in pain dancing. I'm in excruciating pain dancing. But that kind of just has to go over here, and I just have to embrace the joy of moving because it's what I want to do. I just want to move and move with people. Rita attributes her survival to one person. The only way that was possible was by John supporting me in every way. He is just the most amazing man I've ever met. He saved my life, you know? Rat lungworm is most common in Southeast Asia, but has also been found in the U.S., particularly in Hawaii and Louisiana. The best way to avoid contracting rat lungworm is to carefully wash produce that has come into contact with slime from snails and slugs, and to never eat raw slugs or snails. 
For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monstersinsideme. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.